Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. In many ways, North Carolinians probably have more access to good information about health and healthful practices than ever before. Unfortunately, as we're all painfully aware, we still have lots of room for improvement, both individually and as a society. And one nonprofit organization that does a great job of championing this cause is the North Carolina Alliance for Health. Earlier this week, I caught up with the Alliance's Executive Director, Morgan Whitman Grauman, and as she told me, there are several simple and obvious steps, from curbing youth tobacco use to expanding Medicaid, that state leaders can and should take in 2023 to dramatically improve health outcomes for thousands of North Carolinians. Well, Morgan Whitman Grauman, welcome back to News and Views. Good to have you back with us. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Take a second, if you would, and just remind our listeners about the North Carolina Alliance for Health. Yeah, so we are a statewide nonpartisan coalition of individuals and organizations of folks who just really care about health in North Carolina and preventing chronic disease. So we convene, mobilize, support, and empower partners to advance equitable policies that reduce health disparities, prevent chronic disease, and promote health. That's a big job. Obviously, the pandemic has been the big health elephant in the room for the last three years, but there are a lot of other top concerns. Could you even summarize how North Carolinians are doing when it comes to health? I know we certainly have a lot of challenges still. Yeah, we certainly have a lot of challenges. There are a lot of different chronic diseases and a lot of different health issues. And of course, we're talking about the social determinants as well and things like housing and pay and leave. And so there are a lot of factors. But I think, you know, one thing that the American Lung Association helped us with is their state of tobacco control report that they've released recently. And North Carolina did not make the honor roll. We got all Fs on their report. Um, And, you know, they talk about things like tobacco use prevention and cessation funding and the tobacco tax. And we are not doing as well as we know that we can. And I think that something that's really important to note is in that report, they make recommendations about what they think North Carolina should be working toward. Mm-hmm. And what's really telling is that the same recommendations that we've been saying for years that we should be working on, right? It's prevention funding, it's the tax increase, it's uh, continuing to expand our smoke-free and tobacco-free laws to include e-cigarettes. It's things that we've been talking about for years and years. And we know that those are the things that work because we have the evidence to show that they work. And so now we just need to move forward and hope that the General Assembly will start to support these really critical health policies. Yeah, we know, obviously, that smoking is a contributing risk factor for people who struggle with COVID, right? It was a contributor probably to a lot of the deaths that we actually saw. And even though we see fewer adults smoking, boy, I saw the statistic that's like one out of every 20 middle school students has vaped already just in middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's astounding. And really, it didn't have to be this way, right? Like we we saw the kind of rise of e-cigarettes as it was happening. And we know what works to prevent young people from using tobacco products. And we didn't do what we needed to do to prevent that substantial increase in e-cigarette use amongst young people. So we'll keep working on it. And, um, you know, are grateful to Attorney General Stein and his um, settlement with Juul a few years ago, and that that funding has been appropriated for commercial tobacco use prevention and cessation. So I think we're making incremental progress, which is is important. We could just raise the age, right? In which it would, where kids could, where young people could purchase tobacco. Is that an option that we could Yeah, pursue? so... 
the federal government did raise the age in 2019 at the end of 2019. And um, so now you have to be 21 to purchase oh, okay. tobacco. And I think that where there's confusion in something we're going to be working on this session is that North Carolina on the books is still 18. Um, ah. And that's causing some confusion and problems with enforcing the law. Um, so we are going to be going to the General Assembly and asking them to bring our law up into parity with, with the federal law just to eliminate that confusion and to make some other changes to ensure that we know who's actually selling these products, right? And so alcohol law enforcement can go in and make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing and they're abiding by the rules and they're not selling to underage young people. We don't even know where a lot of these vape shops are. So I think that that is going to be a really critical policy that we we hope to get past the session. Well, there's more to protecting and preserving the health of our people than tobacco. Obviously, healthy food is another priority, right? We could do a lot better there as well, both adults and kids. Absolutely. And one of our other policies that we're going to be working on with a coalition of organizations, this session is School Meals for All, um, because we believe that every child in every public school in North Carolina should have access to breakfast and lunch at school at no cost to their families. This just, it seems so simple that we should just make sure that these kids are fed and we know that the evidence shows that there's academic benefits, there are health benefits, nutrition benefits, behavior, attendance, like all of these things get better when we make sure that students have access to nutritious food at school. And we also know that school meals are the healthiest place that Americans eat. And especially for the children who really rely on those meals for their food access. It's so critical. And we feel that we should be making sure that all students have access to those meals. Yeah, I can remember a few years back, but it's been a while, but I can remember being on lunch duty in my own children's elementary school and watching the spectacle of a child being told that their parents hadn't been keeping up with their lunch payments and just, you know, saying, okay, this is the one peanut butter and jelly sandwich we're going to toss to you this month, but don't let this happen again. And just thinking, you know, this is at a middle-class school, how outrageous and ridiculous that was that we would even go to the level of, you know, demanding that third and fourth graders do a better job of keeping track when their parents have made payments for lunches. It's a, it's a crazy situation. So yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's not their fault. It's not something that these right. children should be, you know, having to keep track of or being shamed about, right? right? It's not their responsibility to make sure that they have meals and they often don't have, I mean, they don't have control over it. And that shame and that stigma, I think is a real important issue that we need to be paying attention to. And we know in North Carolina that this school year so far as of November, meal debt in North Carolina was $1.3 million across the state. So right now the the breakfast and the lunch co-pays for reduced price meals are covered by the legislature. We're very grateful for their step in that direction. So that means that all of this debt was being is being accrued by students who don't qualify for free and reduced price meals. So we know that that program, as great as it is, isn't addressing all of the, the need that's out there. And so we're really just trying to make sure that all of these kids are fed and that schools aren't having to be put in a position where they're calling child protective services or debt collectors to try and recoup this meal debt. I mean, mm-hmm. it just it doesn't have to be that way. Especially since it's really just a drop in the bucket compared to the total education budget. We're talking with Morgan Whitman Grauman, who's the executive director of the North Carolina Alliance for Health. We've talked about tobacco. We talked about healthy food for kids. 
that's not all there is to improving the health of our people, though. One thing is just getting people out there and moving, right? Promoting active living for our people of all ages. And that's something we could probably be doing with some of the policies we enact. Absolutely. It's the year of the trail this year. So get out there, get moving, take advantage of our great state trails. And that is so critical. And um, we're hoping to see some additional investments in bike and pedestrian infrastructure as well, because we know that when there are safe spaces to be active, then obviously people can take better advantage of those. There's also the issue of sort of some big overarching areas when we talk to, to talk about health policy. We We can talk about uh, closing the health insurance coverage gap that continues to afflict our state and keep um, something like a half a million people without health insurance that, that could have it. Talk to us about some of the other priorities you'll be championing in the months ahead. Yeah, so closing the health insurance coverage gap, of course, is a huge one. We're supporting Care for Carolina in that endeavor, and I think they've made so much progress, and hopefully we're getting close. And that's Medicaid every, expansion. We're that's Medicaid about, right? expansion, yes, yes. And, you know, I think everyone's kind of looking to us to get that done, so we'll be supporting Care for Carolina in that. We'll be looking at making personal hygiene products more available, hmm. um, diapers, incontinence products, period products, things like that, because those are, I think, things that a lot of people just assume are available and they're not, and they're not optional either, right? They're part of your health and your well-being. So making sure that people have access to those things um, is really critical too and something we'll be looking at this session as well. I mean, there are parts of the world now, uh, nations that have started to make these products free, right? I mean, period products, that's something we, I know we've had programs to distribute those to young, to young women in schools. And it's just like, obvious that this should be something that people shouldn't have to be doing without if they're of modest or low income, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen um, different countries in different states, like you said, provide them um, at no cost or at least eliminate the taxes on them, right? So there's not that additional burden. Um, There was some funding in one of the previous budgets around um, some grants for schools to be able to provide those products, which is great. It's a great step in the right direction and I think can really reduce like we were talking about before, some of the shame and stigma of these students who don't have have control over this um, and are really experiencing that kind of embarrassment about lacking access when it's not something that's their fault. If people want to get involved in any of these issues and speak out, are there means through the North Carolina Alliance for Health for doing that? Can they join the organization? Can they support it in some way? Yes, please join. Please support ncallianceforhealth.org. You can find more information about our meetings there. I'll also say our School Meals for All information is on schoolmealsforallnc.org. If you're interested in Medicaid expansion, careforcarolina.com. Please reach out. I'm always happy to chat and talk and point people in the right direction if, if these are issues that they're really passionate about. The more people that we have advocating for these policies, the more likely we are to, to make progress. Morgan Witten Grauman is the executive director of the North Carolina Alliance for Health and one of the most important advocates for making our state a safer and healthier place. You can, as she said, find out everything you need to know by visiting ncallianceforhealth.org. Morgan, it's been great having you. Take care, and uh, we'll talk again later this spring. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for this edition of News and Views. Remember, you can check us out online and subscribe for free to some of our state's best news coverage and political commentary at ncpolicywatch.com. You can also listen to all of our interviews and commentaries on Apple Podcasts. For producer Clayton Henkel, this is Rob Schofield. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. 
You've been listening to News and Views. A weekly look at state and policy issues is a production of North Carolina Policy Watch. Visit them online at ncpolicywatch.com.